Well, we're back together again today. We're talking about questions that need to be answered, and we're talking about how can you deal with this craving for things that all of us seem to have an insatiable desire for more things. And it's not wrong to have things. Don't get me wrong. But it's when we're craving things, when we put them above our family, when we put them above God, when we put them above the church. Ivan Boisky said in a commencement speech he gave to graduating business students, greed is healthy. You can be greedy and still feel good about yourself. Well, I think that's just totally opposite of everything that the Bible teaches. To be greedy means that you're thinking primarily about yourself. All you care about is you. And all you care about is what you can get for you. And Jesus said, what you've got to do is reject that philosophy and put others first. And when we do that, we can have things, but things are to be used. You see, either we use things for God's glory or we let things control us and use us. In our culture, you measure a person often by his clothes, by his cars, by his home, by his savings accounts, by his position. But Jesus doesn't judge people that way. Jesus said that's faulty thinking. That's foolish thinking. doesn't make sense. Listen, because you're rich or poor, and because you drive a certain car, because you live in a certain size house, doesn't, doesn't really make anything important with God because that's not what he's interested in. Robert Hutchinson accurately observed that our real problems are concealed from us by our current remarkable, remarkable prosperity, which results in part uh, from the things that we buy, using them to try to satisfy us. And you may say, well, we're, I don't see we're remarkably prosperous. Well, this world would say that every one of us here in America is rich in their standards because they live on a dollar or two a day. And we have much more than that, and we have much more than people in the rest of the world. So I think it's important that you and I recognize that that's true. But Jesus also teaches us by letting us learn from a foolish farmer. Let me, let me read that story. This is what the Bible calls a parable. It's a story which Jesus told. And Jesus said, I'm in the, the ground of a certain rich man yielded abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I shall do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones, and I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said, you fool, this day, this night, your soul will be required of you. Then you will get what you have prepared for yourself. This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich toward God. This is a story Jesus told that people could identify with about a rich farmer and who, who just was so blessed and instead of thanking God and giving away a lot of what he had, he hoarded it. He built bigger barns and filled them up. And God said, you're a fool. You see, he made preparation for the physical things, but he made no preparation for the spiritual things. He made preparations for this life. He made no preparations for the next life. And God called him a fool. It seems like a a lot to say about a person, but that's exactly what he was. He was not a fool because he was rich and successful. There's nothing wrong with being rich and successful. He made money. He had been a good businessman. Jesus doesn't condemn people for doing a good job, for even making money, or even being rich. 
He warned about the dangers of them. Abraham was rich, and Jacob was rich, and Job was rich, and David was rich, and Solomon was rich. A man is not a fool because he's rich. A man is a fool for not a fool for being successful. He's not called a fool because he was thrifty and progressive and hardworking. He resolved to build bigger barns to protect his harvest and not waste it. Waste is a terrible sin, and he was not condemned because he was thrifty. Not even because he laid up goods for the future, he was condemned because he was he was not condemned because he was honest. There doesn't seem to be any question of his honesty. He didn't require acquire his wealth by cheating people. Well, why was he a fool? He was a fool because he had a faulty concept of ownership. Notice all the personal pronouns. I, 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 I. I will build bigger barns. I will fill those barns. I will, it's, a, it's a soliloquy of worldly success. I, I, I. Everything was on him. It was all about how great he was and what he had done and how he had succeeded and how he had all these things. And God said, tonight, your soul is going to be required of you. And then whose will these things be? Who's going to own them now? You see, it really all belongs to God. And this man had no sense of stewardship. He had no sense of God's ownership because none of us can count on anything that we have here on this earth lasting because these things don't last. And because they don't last, that's why we should not put so much concern, effort, and time in them. Second, he was a fool because he had a false and foolish hope of peace. He thought that because he had things, he would be satisfied. I've got all these goods lit up, so I'll just take it easy, and I'll just live for myself. But you see, you think if you can get to a certain place in life where you get that house or that car or that amount of money in the bank or that special retirement, that you'll be happy. No, you won't. Leo Tolstoy told a story about a peasant who was offered all the land he could walk around in one day. The man hurried to get around as much as possible. He ran and hurried and exerted himself as much as he could. And finally, he dropped dead just as he got back to the place where he had begun. He ended with nothing. And that's precisely what, what we get at the end is nothing. You see, when we die, we leave it all. John D. Rockefeller said, I have made millions, but they brought me no happiness. John Jacob Astor, Astor left his millions, but at the end of his life lamented, I'm the most miserable man on earth. So these things do not satisfy us. Henry Ford longed for the happier days of doing a merchant's job. Andrew Carnegie commented from personal experience, no doubt millionaires seldom smile. The point is, things don't satisfy and they're not enough. Third, the farmer, the farmer had a faulty and foolish sense of security. That's why he was a fool. I have got goods laid up for many years. And God said, no, you don't. Tonight you're going to die. His security was in material things, and you can't count on that. You say you may have enough money to retire, but you can't count on that. You've got to count on God. Things of this world don't last. You can't take it with you. He failed to prepare for eternity. And he failed to get his life ready for all that God wanted him to be and wanted him to do. So I just want to challenge you and challenge me today. Uh, realize that things are, are gifts from God. Everything that we have is a gift from God. If you are successful in making money, praise God. But give him 10% and give even above that to help others. If you are are not successful, at least in the world's eyes, you're just barely making it, thank God. 
give your 10% to him and love him and serve him and honor him. And, and he'll bless you. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and these things that you need, I'll provide. God bless you. I hope you have a great day.